When Catherine Massey stepped out of the limousine in front of the Pantages Theater, flashbulbs exploded along the sidewalk. She closed her eyes and turned her head before she realized how crummy she'd look in the papers the next day. She turned back around. But the photographers had moved on to the next car, from which Fred Astaire was unfolding his lean frame. He waved to the fans and they roared with excitement. Fred greeted Catherine with a kiss to the cheek. Nervous? she asked. He kept his smile wide. Piece of cake. Since when is hosting the Academy Awards a piece of cake? Since the day I realized they were never going to give me one. You won't see me sweating through my tux. Catherine's date, Leo Presnell, emerged from the limo behind her. She introduced him to Fred, and together with Fred's wife Phyllis, they bustled past a tight core of press photographers and into the theater's foyer. It was Catherine who felt nervous. Her friend Betty Davis was the odds-on favorite for All About Eve tonight. But she had stiff competition from Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard. Catherine feared that Betty and her co-star Anne Baxter might split their votes and hand the Oscar to Gloria. Betty had telephoned Catherine that morning, wailing, What if they don't call my name? What if it goes to Gloria instead? How many more Margot Channings am I likely to get a crack at? Catherine had no good answers, but she proposed a fortifying pre-show whiskey at the frolic room next door to the Pantages. But then Leo was late picking her up at the Garden of Allah, and they became ensnarled in the traffic clogging Hollywood and Vine. They arrived with only forty-five minutes to showtime. Surely Betty was already running the gamut of press, fans, and well-wishers. Do you see her? No, Leo said, but I need to use the john. If you find her, blame everything on me. I fully intend to. Leo's afternoon meeting with NBC hadn't unfolded the way he expected. He worked for Sunbeam Mixmaster, who co-sponsored Catherine's radio show with Betty Crocker. It was supposed to be a casual get-together with the network brass, which Catherine assumed meant a three-martini lunch at Perino's. Instead, they'd lowered the boom that window on Hollywood had cratered to number 22 in the ratings. Not great news for a show that had once nudged the top five. Leo melted away, pointing to the knot of people besieging Ava Gardner and Frank Sinatra. Rumors were swirling that Ava had moved in with Frank. Not that Hollywood cared much about a glamour couple living in sin, but the vast expanse between Los Angeles and New York did. Catherine knew if she could pull a wedding date out of them, it would keep the NBC hounds at bay for a while. As she elbowed her way toward them, she spotted Betty posing on the mezzanine steps, backlit by a spotlight suspended from the second-floor balcony. Betty? Betty? But the din bouncing off the Art Deco angles swallowed her voice. Marilyn Monroe angled the right shoulder of a gauzy concoction Gwendolyn Brick had made for her and sliced through the tightening crowd toward Betty. She arrived at the bottom step just as Betty kissed George Sanders goodbye. Marilyn waved, tilted onto her toes, and called to Betty, who doused her with a critical once-over, then turned her back, leaving Marilyn in her shadow. A pocket of space opened up in front of Catherine. She went to raise her hand again, but someone yanked it down. Arlene Curtis, a neighbor at the Garden of Allah. Thank God I found you. I just got accosted by Walter Winchell. Is he drunk? Walter Winchell drunk and handsy at the Oscars. Now that is a great story. Arlene pulled a face. No, but he was full of questions about Mayer. Louis B. Mayer was to be honored tonight for distinguished service to the motion picture industry. It wasn't as exciting as the award in Betty's crosshairs, but a gleaming Oscar perched on a mantelpiece was nothing to sneer at. 
Arlene drew in closer. I'm not supposed to say anything, but my boss has been reviewing Mayer's contract. Arlene was chief legal secretary for MGM's principal attorney. Reviewing it for what? Loopholes. They want to cancel it three years early.